Thank you for checking out our podcast today. We hope that the teaching you're about to hear will inspire you and motivate you on your incredible journey in becoming a better you. So please turn your attention to today's message. Good morning. Good morning. Can you hear me? Yes. Oh, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity, Pastor Jose. Um, so we were given the assignment of um, keep talking about the title of or the theme of this year, Run to Win. Remember that we had this theme since the beginning of the year. So I remember when Pastor Jose started talking about running to win or run to win. Uh, the first thing that I came to my mind was my childhood memories. Um, I remember that with my brothers and my sister and the, and the kids on the block, we were always raised against each other. I don't know if you had that did when you were little, but the only thing that you did was to run as fast as you could to be able to prove that you were the fastest. And, and everything the, every time there was a challenge, I would try to do my best, and I was always with my goal of winning. And, but the thing is that we were just run with any sense of what we were doing. We were running as fast as possible. And I remember that in the middle of the race, I will be the one with out of air. Sometimes I experience tightness in my chest, and you know that pain that gets in your side of your belly. And that decreases my chances of winning or even endure, having endurance to, to finish the race. So I also did other sports growing up with my, my friends, my, my brothers and my sisters, and everything that I did in life or every, every kind of a sports. And um, Luis is here because we always share that com- being competitive. So everything that we did was about doing it to win. But I never got like, to the point to, to get ready or to at least to learn how to breathe through my nose or, or do something to warm up. I, was always, I always wanted to win, but I never did something to prepare myself. And I still have having that pain in my side of my belly when I try to run against my husband or my kids. So when I think about life, I sometimes feel doing the same. I am just taking the challenge because uh, there is a challenge and sometimes I don't have any sense of what I'm doing only because I have a challenge of doing life. I had to jump and do the challenge of, of, do the, of doing life. So I have, my, I have, I have find myself always um, on the go, always running and doing something. Even when I clean my house, I put a timer in my phone of one hour and I like... <laughs> committed to finish cleaning my house in the hour. And if my husband say, stop, watch TV with me, I get angry and anxious because I had this timer in my phone that I had to finish in, in this time. Yeah. And sometimes I finish, my husband always say, you always in pain after you clean. And it's a reason because I'm just rushing and doing it quick. But this summer I did something um, different. Uh, my family and I, we went on vacation, and one of the days we went snorkeling. And, um, you know, snorkeling is not a sport. I'm not going to compare that to volleyball or running or something like that. You just have to have some kind of swimming abilities. 
and be able to breathe through the snorkel equipment. So, but when we got in the water, we were surrounded by so many fishes and turtles, so many uh, living creatures in the, because I don't know the name of those, but in Barbados, it's beautiful. I, I love the, the ocean and, and, and the experience that we have. And because we were like a small group, eight to 10 people, uh, the instructor encouraged to go under the water and enjoy the, the fish and everything that was under the water. And because one of the places that we went was a ship abandoned in the, uh, under the sea, and uh, he said, hey, you can go and, and, and swim under the water. But with the snorkel equipment, you only can breathe like through the surface because you have to have your thing having, breathing some air or getting some air. And uh, was another instructor leading the kids. So he got to say, hey, you have the freedom to, to go. And they, they had the kids like in a line with a rope so they were able to swim and they were in control. And as soon as the instructor was, was talking, I was already rushing. Because, you know, me always trying to be the first one. And I already saw people swimming and look like fun and easy. So I was getting ready to get my snorkel out of my face. And he said these words. Take it easy and enjoy, but when you feel the need to speed up, slow down. And this is the opposite of what I do in life or how I do life or any kind of activity that I do in life. And when the, the instructor was talking, I was like, I'm going to swim fast as I can. I want to touch the, the ship on the bottle. I want to see everything. And it was turtles and a lot of animals. It was beautiful. And those words that he say, when you feel the need to speed up, slow down, those words could not be more true at that moment. Because when you are underwater, fear kicks in. And you simply realize how far away you are from air. And it can be so natural to want to react by speeding up, by kicking harder or swimming faster to get to the, to the surface. And then, or to get to a safety sooner. But it's actually those precise moments when you should slow down from moving faster. But being underwater, you know, that it takes more energy from you. It raises your heart rate and you can quickly burn out through all that oxygen that you have saved from that single breath that you took from the surface. Because you take a, a breath and then you go and swim. So it's slowing down conserves the oxygen and keeps your heart rate low. But most important, it allows you to stay calm. Calm enough to see things clearly so that you don't freak out, so that you can make good decisions so you are allowing yourself to, to hold your breath a little bit longer so you can enjoy a little bit better the experience. So this experience was opposite of how I do life. And this got me thinking that to be able to enjoy that moment, I had to slow down. So we live in this world that everything is fast. And on top of that, I had learned through, my, through years, and I have, and I have um, learned strong habits, and I don't allow myself to stop, reflect, even think twice when I'm speaking. And it's something that I always, when I say something stupid, I'm like, oh, 
but you cannot take words back, you know? When you say it, you already said it. So even think uh, twice when I'm speaking, when I'm sharing something, or at least enjoy the moment and the season that I am living before moving to the next thing in my life. Or cleaning a little bit slow, right, baby? <laughs> so let us pray before I continue. God, thank you for this day. Thank you for your goodness, for your mercy. Thank you for everything that you do in our lives, God. I pray, God, that you open our hearts, that you open our minds to, to understand and to listen to this world, Lord. I pray, God, that you uh, take control of everything that I say today. In the name of Jesus, we say, Amen. So during this year, we have uh, heard a powerful messages around the title Run to Win. And great messages. And on top of that, we have feel, we have experienced a great move of the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you, but we have experienced a great move of the Holy Spirit. And the messages are so powerful that I leave Sunday like excited, motivated, and all I can think that, hey, I'm going to win this race. I'm going to to, I'm, I'm good, you know, I'm pumped, I'm good. But even sometimes, since I was a teenager, even sometimes I make conscious decisions. And Sunday I promised God a lot of things. You know, I say, God, I, I want to do this thing different and better. But when I come back next Sunday, I sometimes I feel that I am in the same spot that I left the Sunday before. And I'm, I'm, I'm seeing myself uh, asking for God and, and promising the same things. So I have been asking myself how I run this run, this race, in a way that I win, that I am advancing, that I am growing. Not only racing with the desire to win, and not just not allowing life passing me out and, and passing me by, but really winning, advancing, and growing. So this morning, I want to take a time and reflect on those words that I learned this summer, that to be able to run this win, we need sometimes a slow down to speed up. So that's the title of my message, slow down to speed up. Sometimes we need to slow down and stop before you can move forward. When you slow down in life and you give yourself a, a chance to be calm and still, we create room for God. When you are calm, we find a greater sense of clarity, a clarity to see the world and our walk as it truly is, not as the way that we want it to be not as our, our expectations, but when we stop and we analyze how we're doing, we can see, hey, this is, this is where I am, not what I'm expecting to do. So I think it's important that in our race, we just stop and evaluate how we are doing, how we are running, what is my direction, what is my goal, or what was my goal in the beginning? Because when I raced against my brothers and my friends when I was a kid, the men of the race, my goal changed. Now my goal was about survival because I had to endure the pain and everything that I have to at least to finish in second and third because I already, my goal was not 
possible because I was suffering, I was struggling. So I encourage you today to slow down, to be calm and pursue clarity. And that's my first point, pursue clarity. When you slow down, pursue clarity. Look for a great sense of clarity over who you are, where you are, and what is that that you are truly seeking? Why you are running this race of life? Why you are in that marriage? Why you have those friends? Why you have that career path? Ephesians 4.13 say, this work must continue until we are all joined together in what we, have, we believe and what we know about the Son of God. Our goal, this, this run just continue because our goal is to become like a full grown man to look just like Christ and have all his perfection. That all that I'm seeking is to become a full grown woman that looks just like Jesus, that looks just like Christ. And it's not a doubt, and I, without asking, it's not a doubt that this room is full of people trying to do better because that's the reason that we are here on Sundays. And don't worry, you are not alone. I've been doing this for years. We are in the same boat. Even those young people, your mom and dad are trying to. But it's important to sometimes slow down and see how we are doing. If this morning I am a little bit closer to being like Jesus, of loving like Jesus, the moment you become aware that then of the need of doing things less of this world and more like God, at that moment you are in the right path. You are you are able to understand that you are in the in the in the race. But I understand that it's difficult. It's, it's difficult because we live in a sinful world, and also we are living in this sinful body. And Apostle, Apostle Paul put it this way in Romans 7, 18 to 20. And I know that nothing good lives in me. This is in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. So you're not alone. Even the, one of the greatest apostles say this. Last, last week, I started reading a, a book that Pastor Jose recommended. And the title is The Power of Habit. Sometimes we're not able to keep up on the books that he recommends. Like, like, give me a break, you know? <laughs> but he's, we always have this thing of recommending books. And also, I like that because I like to read books that I know I'm going to be able to finish because it's a good book. I don't want to read a book that... Uh, in the middle, like, ah, oh, it's not too good. So I, I love that. So, but this book is powerful. You have a chance to, to buy this book, um, do it. So this book say that studies indicate that from 40 to 90% of human behavior, so that means that what, how, what, we, what we do in life, what we think, and our overall actions falls into the habit category. So this means that if we select a 50%, a conservative 50%, we can say that what we are, what we do in life, and everything that the actions that we do 
is an automatic pilot half of the time. That even if you are a person full of good intentions, but when you leave Sunday after a good message and you don't make any effort of changing your habits, your good intentions doesn't matter. Because Monday morning, you are going to find yourself doing the same things that don't allow you to be like Jesus. And that is the reason sometimes good intentions cannot make an impact or change the way we live. Even when we make a good resolution or a good decisions. Because as soon as you find yourself in the same routine Monday morning, you go back to find yourself an automatic pilot half of the time. Your habits are going to determine so much of what happens in your life. We read in the scripture how Jesus and the disciples had good disciplines and habits. You read the, the Bible when Jesus was a young person, a, a young boy, he had a habit of uh, spending time in the temple, reading the Bible, praying a certain hour. Even when he was supposed, he was um, in the way to be arrested, he said, hey, stop, because I need to go and pray. He had that routine, that habit of doing that. We read in the scriptures how Jesus had make himself to create those habits to do the will or enable him to do the will of his father. So for something to be a habit, there has to be a regularity. It means that happens over and over again, that sometimes you are doing that thing without thinking that you're doing it. It's not as strange to you, you are familiar with that. So to get to the point that you do this thing so many times that at some point, you're not being aware that you're doing it. Habits an established pattern of behavior. So even if I make a decision to lose weight and I live in this cycle, I, I lose my weight, but I don't create a strong habit that at some point I'm going to find myself choosing unhealthy food and following a healthy lifestyle because my habits overpower my good intentions. My habits overpower my willpower. So based on that research, between 40 to 90% of what we do every day is governed by the habits in our lives. It can be good or bad habits. So what we do every day, you do them without even thinking it's a habit. So much in your life is headed in a way that you have very little control over. So I think it's time to slow down and ask God, help us to change the things that are so penetrated in our lives that maybe be hindering your growth, hindering your willpower. Because you have good intentions. I believe, guys, we have good intentions. But that hinders our willpower of doing that. Those habits maybe be sabotaging. What are you believing God for? So we need to understand what habits are driving our life in a dramatic pilot. And how now I detect negative habits in my life. How I detect things that are not good or something that is hindering from growing or advance, advancing. Proverbs 14, 12 say, 
There is a way which seems right to a person, but its end is a way of death. Your ways are not leading you to a good outcome. There is something wrong. Your outcome in your life is not love. Your actions in your life, what you do every day in the week, it's not leading you to love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Maybe a bad habit is leading your life. Habits decide your responses. Habits always get revealed. You don't see it, but the people around you see it. <laughs> Habits always get revealed, and that, that's true. Determine the outcome of your life. The point is that I'm not talking even about a sin. Something is just that you create a bad habit of stubbornness, pride, lack of integrity, and that hinders you from doing the will of God. That hinders you from doing the things that looks like God or looks like Jesus. So before blaming your husband, your boss, before blaming somebody from your lack of growth, Look at the patterns in your life. <laughs> How you handle yourself. If I keep praying for this new job, and, and God will give me this new job, but at the, when the excitement goes away, and I go back to being impatient, irresponsible, impunctual, and the things start getting uncomfortable because I'm not growing in this company, I'm not getting promoted, and now I start blaming my boss, my coworkers, the system. If we never break the cycle, if we never change the habits that are leading us to that, you are never cutting the rod of the problem. God, you are mistreating the blessings of God. Because he gave you that job. He listened to you. He is your father. But you're doing the same. And you know people that change jobs sometimes three or four times during the year. Because they say, oh, I don't feel appreciated in this company. But what you're doing that is reflecting that. So we need to make sure that which habits are leading your life in automatic pilot. Psalms 139, 23, 24, and I read this verse when I preached back in, in May, and I love this verse. It says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you, and leave me along the path of everlasting life. We need to stop and do an analysis of what is hindering me from growing, from advancing. It's really the people around you. It's really your husband. It's really this church. It's really your pastor. It's really your friends, your neighbors. Point number two, be intentional. That's my second point. Be intentional. Be intentional and make a plan. Work on new habits. Start a new routine. Change the bad habits with better habits. But you need to make a plan. You find yourself watching something bad on the internet. Identify how everything happens. Identify what time you're doing that. It may be at night, it may be when someone, nobody is around, or 
So make a point that you identify that moment and you call your mom, your friend, or at that moment you pick the Bible and read a book. Make a plan that you change things around. That you rearrange things around so you change that habit, but you had to be intentional. Hebrews 12, 1 say, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight, every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that is so easy, strip us up and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. You need to start by stripping away the roots, all the things that, all the garbage, all the things that are hindering you from following your goal. All the things that are uh, interventing with your good decisions, with your good intentions, with your good resolutions. Let's stop detectives things, detectives have habits that slows you down. If you find yourself talking about bad about other people with your best friends, change things around, pick a book. So you have something else to talk about. You know, you have to be intentional of doing that. So my husband, Pastor Jose, he, he is very intentional, and I haven't seen this for, since last year. He has been intentional of creating the habit of reading. Because he will, in the past, he would read one book or two books through the year. But he made the point, and he never spoke to me, but I have seen that. He will... Um, be so intentional that I had to say that now nobody can stop that guy. Everything that I see in my Amazon card is books. Because he loves paper books. You know, I can enjoy a good audio book when I enjoy that, but now this guy had this thing that he loves to take notes and he has a little lamp. Like, he loves those things. But the thing is that he started with a commitment of reading a certain hour. I started reading one page, one chapter, and I saw him in the beginning struggling to finish a book. But it got to that point that I'm amazed how many books he had read so far. And it's something now that he enjoys, something that he doesn't struggle anymore. He does this thing as part of his day, so easy and effortless. And that's when you identify, oh, now it's a habit because you don't have to make any effort. You're doing it. So we need to work on changing those bad habits with good habits, habits that allow you to grow and to thrive. Romans 12, 2 say, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what is the will of God or what the will of God is that which is good and acceptable and perfect. The will of God will be always good and acceptable and perfect. So to be able to speed up in your spiritual life, we need to be proactive. We need to be intentional. We need to have a plan because when we have a plan, we're doing our homework. We need to make appropriate changes in our lives that are aligned with our identity in Christ and what we are truly seeking here to become a grown man that look just like Christ. So point number three is 
Measure your growth. Measure your growth. And I want to say today, measure your growth, but be graceful with yourself. Your only measurement should be Jesus. And even the verses that we read before, our only goal is to become a grown man that look just like Jesus. And Jordan, Jordan Peterson, in his book, 12 Books of Life, put it this way. Compare yourself to who you were yesterday, not to who someone else is today. So this means that only compare your growth to who you were yesterday. Don't compare your growth with Pastor Becky, Pastor Jose. Compare your growth to who you were yesterday. If you are going to compare and measure your growth, compare this to the person that you were yesterday. So make sure that today you look a little bit better. Uh, today you look better. Uh, today you look a little bit closer to what Jesus is. So never compare your growth to nobody else. Never compare your growth to what did you see. Because remember, we humans, we tend to cover things. So maybe you are comparing yourself with me and I'm doing things behind the scenes, but you just see this, you know? So with the person that you can compare and you can be honest and you know that is honesty is yourself because if you are growing a little bit this today that what you were yesterday, you know that, okay, I'm able to measure that because you're not able to measure who I am because you only see me here on Sunday. So you only see people in the internet uh, on a TikTok video, whatever, but they, you don't see who really they are. So you are going to compare and measure your growth, compare this to the person you were yesterday. And make sure today you look a little bit closer of being like Jesus. So also, if we face and change something that is hindering from growing, you are able to change something that you thought was difficult to overcome. When you confront the next thing in your life, reflecting on your personal growth in the challenge that you already face, reflecting on the things that you already overcome so far and how far you are in your race will give you the confidence to believe in your ability to move forward. So when you learn and when you overcome something, the next time you say, you know, I, I did it before. I remember in my life I had overcome a lot of things. And when I was little, overcoming of learning the, the multiplication tables, you know, I did it. Okay. That was difficult at that moment because I was a kid. And then uh, learning to do engineering math. Okay, it's another thing. And then... I had to learn a new language. So how am I going to do this? And every morning, because God gave me my job before I knew the language. So I would drive to New Jersey every morning and cry and say, God, I feel stupid every time that I am those meetings because I don't know half of the time what they're saying. And everybody, but God, you already, I'm already here. 
how I do this. But I had to think how in the past I overcome things. I was able to pass my engineering career. I was, do, I was able to do things in my life. I was able to learn things. So this is just a, uh, an example, but every time that I cry and I say, God, help me, how am I going to do it? I remember my personal growth, how I did it. If I did it before, I can do it again. Yes. So those struggles... And the time that you trusted God in the past, develop conviction to move forward. If we overcome something and we overcome a challenge, if we got ourselves stuck from something before, that will develop the trust in God, the trust in yourself, the trust in the process, the confidence in, in your race, the confidence of knowing that you are heading to the right direction to become a full-grown man that looks just like Jesus. So my mother has been always my guide and, and she has been a blessing in, in my life. And, and remember in, in 2009 when I finished college, I was happy because everything that I wanted was to finish college because for years since I was in high school, or before high school, we have a different grade in Mexico. Before high school, I had to work full-time and go full-time to school. So my day will be 12 hours a day. So everything that I wanted, I wanted to finish college and focus on my career. Um, and I felt that, oh, I was, I, had do, I was doing good. I was already eight years in the workplace. I was in a good job. But I said, oh, after I finish, I promised the guys I'm going to pull more hours. And I was already traveling. I was in, living in north of Mexico, and I was traveling to uh, Mexico City. I was doing a lot of stuff already. But my mother saw things different. She saw my heart. She saw how I was putting God aside to be able to accomplish all these things. She saw my priorities in life, the anger, the frustration, the inability to forgive, and how I constructed and and. and and develop habits to protect myself from hurt, from disappointments, that now those habits were, leaving, were leading my life. So when I graduated, she asked me something. She said, take a break. Go and, and, and go somewhere and go with your grandma to, I don't know, go with your brothers to the United States. Do something, but take a break and allow God to guide you, to, to speak to your life. And I remember at the beginning, that is the worst idea ever. I'm already here in this stage of my life. Doing this is, 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 it doesn't make sense. I thought it was a bad idea. It was that slowing me down at that moment was the worst idea. I graduated with so much recognition. I, I, was, I, was just, I thought it was just at the, at the peak of my career. And I was like, oh, from here, I'm going to keep thriving and growing. But part of me understood my mother and because I valued my mom's wisdom and, and I value everything that, that she had behind me through, through, through my life. So at that time, I, gra I was granted a scholarship and I had some money saved. And so I took the chance to come to the United States to visit my brothers in Maryland. And really, the moment that I got in that plane, I told God, God, I'm not wasting my time because I already feel that I'm wasting my time here. So I'm going to give you two to three months. Do something. 
I will give you my 100% of my time and do as you please. So those months turned to six months in the beginning, and I experienced God and the calmness of a backyard of a beautiful house at Maryland. And the first month, I will go to church on Sunday, the only thing that I really did. And then in the week, I will spend every day in the backyard uh, talking to God, spending time to God, reconnecting with God, reconnecting to God in a supernatural way. I was going so fast in life. It was because I was moving so fast, I took less time to know God. I was going to church. I never missed a church because my, in my mom's house, nobody missed church. So I had to like be all night doing homework. In the morning, I had to go to church. But I was not there. I was not listening to God. You get to know God when you slow down and you are quiet and you become still. Because sometimes the activity that you do creates so much noise in your life. So I gave God six months. And in those six months, God turned my life 180 degrees to the right direction. Uh, that right direction. <laughs> Not only... <laughs> Not only I got reconnected with God, but I got a clear purpose in my life. I got married, and I got a beautiful life. To be honest, as, after I got married, at some point, I felt, I, I felt like, oh, did I make a mistake? Not because of the husband, but <laughs> because thing, things got complicated a little bit. Because the kick was kicking in, the fear. Because everything in my life was new, was unfamiliar to me. The people, the language, the place. And for the first time, I was not in control. And what I thought that would slow me down, just speed, speed me up in every level of my life. More than I, what I dreamed for my life. He speed me in every level of my life. I never... I really, and I say all these, these things, but I, I, I learned marriage in, in, in an ugly way. I learned things uh, with family that I never wanted to get married. I was okay of working and thriving. I never wanted to have kids. I was like, I was kind of the, uh, the favorite aunt, and I still being the favorite aunt, but Jessica, where is Jessica? <laughs> <laughs> But I wanted to be, I wanted to be the fun aunt. I wanted to be that. I didn't want a kiss. I don't want it to disappoint somebody because I felt that in my life, I was always disappointed. So I didn't want a kiss. I didn't want a husband. So God changed everything to the right direction. And in my life was a speed up in a way that I never dreamed. So I encourage you today to give yourself the opportunity to slow down a little bit. To slow down to find clarity. And don't just slow down and stay still, but make a plan. A plan to overcome what is hindering you from growing. I promise that the weight you will remove from your life and what you learn from that experience will give you the confidence and the conviction to carry on to move forward. 
when you slow down and give God the will of your life, you allow God to speed you up in a way that you never imagined. God can do things better than what you're doing. It. I promise that. I promise that even if you're already thriving, God can turn your life 180 degrees to the right direction because maybe where you're heading, remember the verses, it's not leading to the right path, it's leading you to death. So I encourage you to stand up. I encourage you to slow down to be able to allow God to speed you up in life. I don't know why you are struggling. I don't know what is your bad habits, and I'm not going to ask you either. But do an analysis with yourself and do more than just making a good promise, a good intention, a good resolution, and work on your progress. Grow, work on your growth and the step that you are taking. So, God, I pray, God, that you, that you bless my brothers and my sisters, God. I pray, God, that you give us clarity, God. I pray that you help us to slow down from moving fast. Slow down from moving, from moving fast and allowing you to take the wheel, God. God, we, we, we ask for forgiveness for everything that we do in the darkness, for everything that we do and everything that we say when nobody is looking, God. God, forgive us. God, give us the strength of doing changes in our life or identifying the, the habits that are leading us to death, leading us to, to a bad outcome, God, and help us to be a strong, to be able to walk and the path that you have for us, God. I pray for a strength for my brothers and my sisters, for those that are watching online, God. I pray that you give it the strength so they have, they have the ability and the willpower to move forward, God, to choose you, to make the changes, God, to, to look like you, to love like you, Lord. God, I pray for a strength this morning, God. I pray for that we do the, the, anything needed, God, to do your will, God. God, I also pray, God, that you bring calmness, God. You bring peace. You bring a, a season, God, in the life that they can stop and be quiet and listen to you, Lord. God, I pray for 180-degree changes, Lord, where we are not ending in the same spot that we are leading and heading to the right direction, Lord. So, God, I pray for your love, your mercy. I pray that my brothers are able to, to take this and be courageous of, of making the changes, Lord, of being a strong-minded God. I pray, God, also for healing. I pray for redemption. Because our willpower with you, without your presence, without your strength, without your healing, is empty. So I pray, God, that you heal them from those bad habits, God. I pray that as they take the turn 
and that they turn the backs of those things that they are doing that they are not leading them to the right direction Lord I pray that you heal them Lord I pray God that you help them Lord I pray for your grace for your mercy Lord because you are a good father and if you are that is a good father knows what is best for us Lord God I pray for your wisdom Lord I pray for your mercy God God, thank you for everything that you're doing in this house and this place, Lord. And we don't want to be a bunch of people just trying to do good and, and having good intentions, Lord. We want to make changes, Lord. We want to make a commitment with you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for everything that you do, Lord. Thank you for my brothers and my sisters, Lord. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we pray and we say, Amen, Amen. Thank you again for checking out our podcast. If you would like to find information about who we are or how to donate so that we can keep doing what we're doing, please check us out at www.scarletnotes.org. See you next time.